By now, nobody is surprised that virtual visits have exploded during the pandemic. But what about their lesser-known cousin, remote patient monitoring? As it turns out, this vital piece of virtual care has been undergoing its own renaissance. Welcome to The Source from the ATA, conversations about telehealth and virtual care from the thought leaders, experts, and visionaries who are working to change the way the world thinks about healthcare. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest today is Florence Karayuki, Chief Clinical Officer at Health Recovery Solutions. Florence has experienced patient care from many perspectives. As a nurse, she helped to create her hospital's first patient-centered medical home, then spent 10 years innovating new models of care at Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Her experience, her brilliance, and her passion make her the perfect person to walk us through the past, present, and future of remote patient monitoring here at The Source. Florence, thanks so much for being with us today on The Source. Greg, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. As am I, as am I. And I'm uh, I'm interested to get to know you a little bit. I know that we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about trends in uh, remote monitoring. We're going to be talking about trends in virtual care. Uh, and I'm eager to get into that. But before we do, I would love to introduce the source listeners to you a little bit. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your background and, and what led you to uh, becoming the chief clinical officer at uh, HRS. Yeah, Greg, thank you so much for that. Um, very happy to share my background. So first of all, originally from Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, I think the relevance of that is I've, I've been very fortunate to see what healthcare looks like in, in Africa, what healthcare looks like in America. Uh, but I came to the U.S. about, I want to say, 20, 25 years ago and did my nursing school here. And so I uh, was very fortunate to uh, experience the health system, the hospital system in the U.S. I started out working as a nurse, critical care nurse, um, in a surgical step-down unit, uh, doing both telemetry, um, did a little bit of vascular surgical unit care, um, and so a lot of experience taking care of very acutely ill patients. And when I went back to do my master's in healthcare administration, I at that time, uh, moved into a different department in the hospital, focused on maternal child health care. So I, I pride in having both the adult uh, critical care experience and the mother-baby experience in the hospital setting. And interestingly for me, um, right when I was finishing or graduating with my master's in healthcare administration, was at the same time when the Affordable Care Act was going into launch. And so, Greg, very interestingly, there was all the buzz around value-based care, patient-centered mm. medical homes, affordable care organizations. And so I found myself raising my hand at Hackensack Hospital to say, I would love to help us think about becoming a patient-centered medical home and, and making sure that our policies are very patient-centered. And so I, you know, they took me on my offer and I worked in the geriatric center and we applied for NCQA recognition and, and gained, you know, the highest level, which was level three. Um, and, and, and really the relevance for me there was, I, I feel that it was the beginning of not only having that nursing direct patient care experience, but beginning to think much more broadly on how do we want to set up the healthcare system? How do we want to set up the, whether it's the physician office, the hospital, um, the health plan to truly be patient centered? Um, and so, again, at the same time, um, after we got that level three NCQA, 
um, Horizon Lupus Blue Shield of New Jersey was literally just launching their innovation uh, part of the company and mm. looking for people with experience in patient-centered medical homes. And so I joined and I was among the very uh, initial group of people working on launching patient-centered medical homes, affordable care organizations, um, episodes of care programs. And so I have lots of experience in um, you know, developing care coordination policies, care coordination training, centralized and decentralized care coordination, uh, quality improvement, filling in gaps in care. Um, and so a lot of work in that space. Um, which later on um, led me into a couple of different roles within the company. Um, I helped design some of the clinical programs focused on reducing potentially avoidable ED use, um, mm. reducing uh, hospital readmissions. And Greg, I know you appreciate the cost of healthcare is one that you know many of us are focused on and looking at different ways to reduce the cost. And so I was looking at different programs that we could implement in collaboration with hospital systems that helped manage some of those cost drivers. Um, and then with that, I, I, my most recent role before joining Health Recovery Solutions uh, was as Director Episodes of Care and Bundle Programs at Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, this was really exciting for me to work directly with specialists, looking at alternative payment models, um, launching um, case rates and risk shared arrangements, um, again, really focused on the same things, keeping patients um, with the best outcomes, with the highest quality, but at the lowest cost possible. And I feel that all of that intersected um, to really bring me to Health Recovery Solutions, which is a company focused on remote patient monitoring and the services that go around with that. Um, at truly, I feel, a time that is uh, um, ideal for where the industry is going. And so I joined Health Recovery Solutions about two months ago. Um, and it's, it's a really exciting time in my life to be at the point in healthcare where we can leverage all of the different things that we have learned about what patients truly want. And we know that patients want to receive care in the most convenient setting. Patients want, uh, obviously, convenience, but they also want good quality and they don't want to pay more than they need to. Um, physicians have been overwhelmed and overburdened. Um, and physicians want to provide care. They don't want to be spending a lot of time in EMRs and documenting things and all kinds of technology. They want to do patient care and see high quality of care. And, you know, nurses are stressed. There's so much burden. Um, and so I think the, the beauty for me in being in this role at this time is the opportunity to leverage all what I've learned about the importance of care coordination, the importance of closing gaps in care, the patient, the importance of patient-centered care um, to leverage remote patient monitoring, to leverage telehealth in executing an, uh, um, healthcare that is much more aligned with where the industry is going. You know, it may not have felt like it at the time at every point on that journey, but I think when you hear your background, the way you've described it, it sounds like the perfect set of experiences to be able to come into a company like Health Recovery Solutions and really understand where are the places where you need to focus in order to make that deep impact. And I guess I'm really curious, knowing now a little bit more deeply some of your background, I'd be curious to get your perspective on you know, in 2010, when you were starting to focus or 2008 or 2009, when you're starting to focus in, in patient-centered 
medical homes, when you're starting to think about different models of care, what would you have given to, uh, to have some of the tools that are available today uh, to be able to make some of those real? Uh, and are there, are there some things that really stick out to you in terms of evolutions in our capabilities to make real some of those things that were just ideas back then? Greg, I love that question. And I will peg it right on to my experience with, as we launched the patient-centered medical homes, we also placed care coordinators within each of those practices. And the idea was that the, patient, the, the care coordinator would be focused on whether it was the high-risk patients or the medium-risk patients, outreaching them, engaging them, helping to manage them in between doctor visits, in between hospital visits. And the reason I really love your question is it would have been awesome to have access to remote patient monitoring in between office visits. If I would have been able to give my care coordinators access to information that showed them, you know, this is how this patient that you've been tracking is doing from a hypertension management standpoint. This is why, you know, when you call this patient, you need to have a nutrition discussion rather than a discussion around their diabetes, you know, so Mm -hmm. very, very uh, insightful information comes out of monitoring patients remotely and being able to get that in between uh, office visits information. And um, and I'm excited that, you know, the industry has evolved to this point. I would imagine that many care coordinators are having a much easier opportunity monitoring and caring for their patients and even just simply engaging them. I I know one of the struggles that we had was, you know, calling patients and trying to get them to pick up their phone. Um, But when you have a patient having the opportunity to also engage you because they now have a tablet in front of them, they can press a button and call you or they can send you information and you can see how they're doing. There's less worry that I haven't heard from this patient. I don't know how they're doing because I can see that on the monitor or they can call me directly. One of the things I've been curious about, Florence, is how patients have experienced remote monitoring. You know, on one hand, you could think, gosh, there's complicated equipment in my house. Maybe it's invasive. On the other hand, if I can be at home and not in a hospital or uh, some other assisted living situation, boy, I was sure rather that. W- what have you actually experienced in terms of the way that patients are responding to remote monitoring? Yeah, no, Greg, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, no one wants to be in the hospital for all variety of reasons, you know, whether it's the limited sleep and all of the dings and sounds and people walking in and out of the room, um, the inconvenience of not being at home. Um, we have seen very clearly that patients want to receive care in their most convenient setting, which is at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes down to making sure that the equipment that we're using is developed and created in a way that makes sense. Um, you know, health literacy level that is appropriate, you know, easy to find what it is that the patient needs to press and the buttons that are available. We found that um, a lot of the misconceptions that existed before that thought that elderly patients would have difficulty using these types of equipment is completely incorrect. And if anything, um, there's been such a huge uptake and, and adapt, adaption by the elderly population with using remote patient monitoring. They send their information, they're on top of it, you know, they call their caregivers. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty to see it from sort of end to end 
the young and the old just such a comfort, comfort and convenience with using the equipment. You know, it, it makes me wonder, as you say that, you mentioned low physician confidence, for example, as one of the obstacles to uptake of patient monitoring pre-pandemic. And as a sort of an outsider to the system, I can look at the the circumstances around providers today and say, well, so many providers are stretched to their limits. Um, you know, demand has never been higher. Uh, supply has never been lower. Do, do providers have an opportunity to actually leverage the benefits of remote patient monitoring, uh, given how busy they are? How does it fit into their work streams uh, when there's such a shortage uh, of, you know, capable uh, medical staff? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of remote patient monitoring is that it just opens up so much the opportunities for um, physicians, hospitals, home health agencies to monitor their patients, even with the limited staff or with um, very demanding schedules. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's there are so many ways that patients can be monitored. So to begin with, if a physician chooses to have that type of a program in their physician practice, to your point, they, you know, they don't have to be the individual that's monitoring for those uh, information coming through. You know, it can always be uh, that initial set of eyes is a non-clinical person that's mm-hmm. able to just quickly see, you know, this blood pressure has come up and triggered as a high value rather than what it should be. It's outside of normal range and make that initial sort of fast pass assessment. It might just be that the patient didn't set up the equipment correctly. And so the non-clinical person can address, fix that and and, and not have to engage the physicians for those types of uh, quote unquote unnecessary involvement. And then again, given on what they find out, it might escalate to a nurse. And so the, the nurse also will be able to provide a level of care that still does not require physician engagement. And so by the time it really escalates to the physician, um, there's other personnel that are able to fill in the gap and help manage that workload. And then the other thing is the uh, the ability to leverage um, outside clinical services monitoring. And this mm-hmm. is something that HRS as a company avails to all of our clients is to have uh, uh, an outside agency that serves as a 24-7 clinical services monitoring uh, agency for you to track whether it's the night shift or the weekends, whatever works best for the client. It could be, you know, 24-7. And we find that many of our clients will choose a 24-7 option where we're just monitoring for them and we'll alert them and engage the physician only when it is necessary for the physician to participate in driving the care of that patient. But from that standpoint, Greg, I think it makes it manageable. And so rather than become an additional source of burden or extra work mm. for the physician, it actually, I think, can bring a level of comfort to say, somebody else is watching my patient and they will let me know when I need to do something. So yeah, and it, it makes sense. And I can see that on two levels. The first being sort of the obvious one, which is number one, this patient doesn't necessarily have to come into the office for a visit if everything is going smoothly. So that smooths out some workflow, but also you referenced something really important just around the mental burden of not knowing Mm -hmm. is this patient who's dealing with serious issues, are they doing okay? Right. They have that, that sort of peace of mind to know, okay, yes, this person is actually stable. Everything is going along as expected. 
And especially, Greg, with so many physicians participating in value-based programs and, and some of their reimbursement tied to keeping patients out of the hospital, keeping mm. costs down, you know, it's truly a, a, a good strategy and intervention to leverage remote patient monitoring as a way to keep an eye on those patients who are potentially, you know, high utilizers because they might need to go to the ED or they might need to get a hospital visit uh, put in place. But if somebody's watching them and taking care of them proactively, that keeps them out of the hospital. And so, you know, talking about peace of mind for the physician, it's truly one way to make sure that you're also not losing on potential revenue that comes out of reimbursement sure. from value-based programs. So. Yeah. You know, you've teased this a little bit, Florence, in, in uh, a couple of your responses, and I'm curious. Um, you referenced, you know, physician practices uh, where there, are, you know, maybe staff that are non-clinical uh, and nursing staff that are able to sort of triage and escalate issues as they come up. Uh, you referenced physicians who are participating in value-based care reimbursement models. What are some of the things that you think are make for the ideal scenario to incorporate remote patient monitoring and other forms of virtual care into the mix? Um, you know, is it is it only value based care scenarios that that works in? Is it only physician practices? Where, where are the places that that are really ripe uh, for integrating a, a, a robust remote monitoring capability? Yeah, that's that's a great question, uh, Greg. And I think that the answer is increasingly the it, it's everywhere, right? Mm. Hospitals can do and benefit from remote patient monitoring, and I will come back and talk to specifically how as can home health agencies, as can hospice settings, as can um, physician groups, health plans are leveraging remote patient monitoring as well. And the reason for that is again, as I said before, the continued expansion of the different type of capabilities that we're seeing, either through the peripherals uh, or through the ability to monitor remotely, has really helped um, expand opportunities. So if you look at hospitals, for instance, historically, any care that was provided remotely or in a home health setting was primarily chronic care management. Um, the pandemic has pushed us to a place where you know, the bed capacity is is really out of control and, and very limited. Um, patients are getting sent back when they come to the emergency department. Mm-hmm. Hospitals are closing down. I just saw uh, something in the news yesterday or the day before that Henry Ford closed a, a couple of beds, of, I think 120 beds, just based on capacity issues. Mm-hmm. And the, the value of RPM um, in this setting is the opportunity to use virtual visits as one very important way to manage all of that. Um, and so for a specialist, for instance, that's participating in uh, joint replacement, they can use remote patient monitoring to track the wound progression. They can use remote patient monitoring to prepare the patient before the procedure, follow up with the patient post-procedure. Hospitals are using them for uh, diverting acute care into the home. Home health agencies are using them to support chronic care management and to reduce some of the potentially uh, avoidable visits into the patient home. Uh, mm. Hospice settings are using it for you know, providing both in-person and palliative care services through a virtual setting. So truly, it's anywhere in the industry. I think any setting um, makes sense. And I really look forward to an expansion in the reimbursement because that's truly a barrier, Greg. 
um, that that is, is limiting for many of these settings. But in terms of does the technology make sense, I think it does for every setting. So when it comes to reimbursement, I'm curious about where you see us headed. Obviously, we've had some programs in place during the pandemic uh, that have made it easier to uh, rectify some of the financial issues. But where do you see us heading in the future uh, as it relates to reimbursement? Yeah, Greg, I'm very optimistic on this one. As much as the, the currently majority of the funding is coming out of the Public Health Emergency Fund, which, um, again, I think we're all aware is, is going to be coming to an end. I'm very optimistic that not only uh, CMS, but private payers are all very actively looking at ways to begin covering for remote patient monitoring. I think everyone has come to terms and accepted that this is the way of the future. It's, it, it, it has shown and demonstrated that it works. And so uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more benefits, more coverage coming out of both the government as well as the private payers. Outstanding. Florence, thank you so much for being a guest with us today on The Source. I've so enjoyed this conversation. We could have gone on for hours, I think. Um, but I wanted to just wish you best of luck uh, with your work um, at Health Recovery Solutions. And uh, we really appreciate you being here. Greg, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed talking to you as well. And I also just want to say thank you to the uh, ATA for having me. Um, thank you. This was, this was a great opportunity to have a conversation with you. <laughs>